Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Putting STEM into the classroom. Welcome. You're listening to Steamrollers, a new segment of the STEM Everyday Podcast, where we will feature women who are paving the way in science, technology, engineering, art, and math, discussing their work in a way that makes it accessible to everyday listeners. I'm your host, Marion Leary. Today, I'm talking with Yasmin Mustafa, founder of the startup War for Good, self-defense wearable technology that diminishes attacks against women and addresses the underlying source of violence. Yasmin, welcome. I'm really happy to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I saw you speak at the TEDx Philadelphia event recently, and you talked about not letting birth position or really anything else stand in your way of what you want to achieve. Can you describe your story more and how it led you to start up Work for Good and also the local chapter of Girl Develop It Philly? Yeah, sure. Yeah, people say I have an interesting story, and it's always odd when you hear that when it's through your own life, you know. But um, in a nutshell, I was born in the Middle East. I was born in Kuwait, and it was a complete fluke how my family and I ended up here in Philadelphia. My dad had a business trip out here. My mom decided to tag along. She was six months pregnant, and she actually ended up having my little baby brother here in um, on around July 1990. And then a month after they came back, uh, the Persian Gulf War happened, and we were actually extracted out of a bomb shelter and brought here to, to Philly for his safety because he was a U.S. citizen. And um, and and I, I like to say I, I cheated the birth lottery. The birth lottery being kind of the the randomness of where you're born and the circumstances that you're born into. And I was born into, you could say, a predestined path where women in in the culture that I was raised in didn't make their own uh, career and family choices. It was decided for them. And being here, coming here. It's completely uh, changed the trajectory of, of my path where I can do the things that I'm doing right now. It definitely influenced a lot of who I am and, and who I've become. And, um, and, and this would let me to talk about while our, our birth lottery, while the circumstances that we're born into can influence who we become, they don't necessarily have to define who we are because there does come a point where we can choose that, that path. And what was it about being in Philadelphia or your um, upbringing that led you down the path to um, the STEM and STEAM field? Did you always have an interest in that area, or was it something that happened now growing up in the United States that um, led you that way? Yeah, that's a really good question. I've always been fascinated with, like, how things work. I remember taking things apart and trying to put them back together when I was little and definitely more than half the time failing. But I just wanted to know, like, what was inside the alarm clock or or why did the vacuum uh, cleaner break and could I fix it? And, uh, and, and it wasn't really until I went to college that I really stepped into tech. I had this internship at an early stage consulting company that worked with very early stage technology companies, and I was like, "Wow, this is uh, this is really really cool." And uh, and I started learning more about it. And then I got 
an idea for a company, and then I had some trouble getting off the ground, and then I was like, hmm, well, if I learned how to code, it would be a little bit easier, and that was more what led to kind of tinkering around, uh, it took me from tinkering around when I was little to actually being like, yeah, this is really cool, and I, and I really want to do something in, in this space, and and especially with war, um, which I know we're going to get uh, we're going to get into a little bit later. I, I love the idea of using technology for good. I think more than ever, it has so much potential to help disabled people and uh, to make an impact in, in, in social issues, and, and that kind of stuff really excites me. And so. We definitely will get into War for Good and also Girl Develop It Philly, but for the teachers and students who are listening to this podcast, um, did you go to college for tech, or um, did you get a degree and then learn to code? What was, what was your path to that? <laughs> That's a good question. So I was my, – my dad actually enrolled me at school as a mechanical engineering major, and I didn't even give it a chance. He was a mechanical engineer, and he was just like, I'm going to choose your, your your degree for you. And uh, up to that point, he was actually not supportive of me going to college. He thought that it was just for men to go to college, and um, he gave up on my, my, my brother because my brother had, had poor grades. So he said, okay, you have good grades. Now you're going to have to go on makeup for – for um for him and he just enrolled me without asking me um so uh it's a, it's a different type of story different type of path and I rebelled instantly and then after the first semester I actually changed my major and um he stopped paying for my for my tuition but I I didn't really give it a chance um and I actually ended up with an entrepreneurship degree so I did not have formal training. That said, the entrepreneurship degree did involve tech-related topics. So, for example, I took a Photoshop class, and I, I'm trying to think of what other classes that I took that pertain to, to technology. Oh, I took a computer science class. I took, um, you know, I learned C++. Um, so, so along the way, I did touch upon certain classes that involved technology, but didn't necessarily formally decide to study. I definitely would like to hear more about War for Good and the local chapter of Girl Development Philly, but I would think the business degree um, or the entrepreneurship degree has helped you in your pursuit of technology. Absolutely. Yeah, I actually changed majors four times. So I went from mechanical engineering to graphic design to psychology to entrepreneurship, and I ended up in entrepreneurship because I was like, okay, with entrepreneurship, I can do anything. Like, even if I change my mind later, I can decide where to go. And the entrepreneurship degree at Temple University, what's really great about it is you have to take at least three, um, three classes in every core business major, so three finance classes, three accounting classes, three marketing classes, and it gives you a broad range of skill sets so that if I did decide, you know what, I want to move into marketing, I could have done that that easier than than, than others. So so it definitely helped a lot. See, and I love that. Um, I love that you changed majors four times because students should know that you don't really end up where you started out, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's talk about War for Good 
um, and Girl Develop at Philly. Can you describe both of those ventures? Sure, yeah. So Girl Developer is now a nationwide chapter, a nationwide organization. It's um it's pretty amazing. I, I love the backstory. It was co founded by Sarah Chips and Vanessa Herbst in New York City. And basically they found themselves amongst the minority in their in their tech classes in college. And um and Sarah I remember her telling this one story where she would raise her hand um, and, you know, there was one where she got heckled asking a question, and uh, and they met other women that were dropping out, uh, that, w- that were going through the same thing and dropping out of their majors because uh, they felt like they felt out of place. So after a while, they said, let's do something about this, and they banded together and started this nonprofit that is all about empowering women to learn how to code in uh, judgment-free environments. So it's uh, it's an organization that holds different classes on front-end technologies, back-end, database design, even now career classes, and they're very digestible. It can be a two-hour class. It can be a 10-hour class, and there is no such thing as a specific question. By the end of the classes, especially the the eight-hour, 10-hour classes, you walk away having built something. You have that satisfaction of saying, hey, I can do this. There's something that, that you can show others, which is really important when you're learning how to code, to, to have that feeling, that gratification, so that you want to continue, uh, and, and that reward really makes, that, makes a huge difference. And it's now in 50 cities. Uh, Corinne, the executive director, is right here in Philadelphia, and they're very affordable. Uh, it's anywhere between $10 to $14 a class. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, $10 to $14 an hour um, uh, per class. And, uh, and um, yeah, there's chapters all over the country. You can learn more. There's The, the website is simply girldevelopment.com. And did you learn to code through a similar program? Yeah, so it's uh, funny. It's not funny, I guess, but the way I got into it is when I when I had the idea for my first startup, I was – I was in way over my head. I definitely, I had an idea and I thought it would be much easier to get started than it was. And it was for a software company. And I thought to myself, okay, well, I have this idea. I just need to find a developer, work with him or her to get it off the ground. And then I'll be done with that developer. And I could just go ahead and run this business and become the next Google. And, uh, um, and, but of course, it did not turn out that way, not even close, and I just I, – I had a lot of trouble getting off the ground. Um, and the main reason was when I found the developer that – when I found a developer to work with me, I had I just had a lot of trouble communicating what I wanted. And when we would go back and forth on, on different topics, when he would say, well, I could do it this way or this way, I would just look at him like, I don't care. Let's just do whichever way it's supposed to be done. I didn't realize that there's many different paths that you can take to build something. I thought it was just a clear cut, one plus one equals two, and that was it. And I definitely, uh, I, I had a very rude awakening and realized, well, I could either go about this two ways. I could, I could learn how to code myself so that I get better at it. I could do things myself. And I could communicate with other developers better. And I actually tried teaching myself. Um, did not go well at all. <laughs> and 
And then I started a Learn Ruby 101 group in Philadelphia, and we would meet once a week to uh, – and then the idea was, like, for beginners to get together and learn how to code. But then it got overtaken by other developers that knew Python and .NET and wanted to learn Ruby. And eventually I just had no idea what they were talking about, turned the group over to someone else, and then I learned about Girl Develop It. I actually learned about it on Twitter when – I want to say, like, maybe – six months after they got started, and then I would take the Bolt bus to New York to take the classes. And it wasn't very efficient because I took a two-hour class to, to or a two-hour bus to New York, took a two-hour class, two-hour bus back, and then I approached Sarah, uh, one of the co-founders, and I said, hey, you know, have you thought about expanding? And, and by then, they were in two other cities, um, or one other city, I should say. I think uh, Philly is a, is a third chapter, and Six months later, the Philly chapter, um, I, I brought the Philly chapter to Philadelphia. So it was a kind of a long way of saying uh, a long story, but that's, that's basically, that was my path. And then when did you start War for Good? So I started War about a year, I got the idea for War about a year and a half ago. I... Um, the first company I mentioned, it was acquired for a small sum, a small sum um, by a company out in San Francisco, and I, I worked with them for a little while. And then I decided to take some time off to myself. Um, I had been working since I was nine, and I just wanted to break. I was burned out. I didn't really know what I wanted to do next. And I planned this solo six-month truck across South America. And, uh, and it was really, really great. It was exactly what I needed. And one of the things I kept noticing during the trip is that everywhere that I went and stayed, I would meet these women that would eventually share these stories, these really horrifying stories of times they had been assaulted. And then just one week after I came back, there was a woman out feeding her meter when she was grabbed from behind. She was dragged into an alley, beaten, and... um, it was just a really terrible assault on, um, and I and I read that news story and and the idea popped to mind. That's when I was like, this is this is it. This is what I'm going to work on. And um, and the idea is uh, it's basically using fashionable safety jewelry that is high tech panic button. You press the button, it launches an alarm and a light. It messages friends and family, and it calls 911. Um, and um, and then we we take uh, a part of the proceeds, and we don't want to. And then a big part of roar that gets me really excited is right now the onus is always on the women. Like, don't do this, don't wear that. Um, we we take proceeds and, and partner up with nonprofits that teach uh, empathy and consent and respect to young boys and girls with the goal of actually starting a business that we want to go out of business. Um, so that's kind of the the idea in, in a nutshell. And so I'm just giving my daughter a chance to ask questions. One of the questions she came up with, you just answered, how did you come up with the safety jewelry? But another question she had was, what role does art play in War for Good? Yeah, that's a good question too. And, and by the way, how I came up with the idea initially, it was actually going. It was it was a completely different product. Initially, it was it was going to be called the Maceret Mason a bracelet <laughs> because the original idea is 
when I read that news story, I thought to myself, well, what do women do to protect themselves? Could, could, could something have happened to prevent it? And if, if pepper spray existed, you know, pepper spray does exist, but if it was wearable, would it make it easier to prevent an attack, to, to help prevent an attack? And, and that's where the initial idea came about. And then it, and it switched to what it is now because we did a lot of surveys and talked to a lot of women and learned that they don't like self-defense tools because they're worried about using it incorrectly. And, and really the top reasons, uh, the top reason was that they're afraid that it will be, they will be overpowered and will be used against them. So, um, so the idea kind of changed paths. Um, but to answer the second question in terms of how art um, influenced it, if I if I interchange fashion with art, um, we found that if we made it fashionable, it made a huge difference to women. It made a huge difference in terms of whether or not it'd be something they would want to wear. And it's really important that this is something that you'd want to wear because it is a safety device. The more you have it on you the more likely it is, if something were to happen, that you could use it, that it's readily available, it's acceptable, it's right there. So making making this device uh, clean and elegant and pleasing to the eye was, was critical in, in building it. And do you work with artists or graphic designers at War for Good? Yeah, I actually worked with a jewelry designer and an industrial designer. So it was um, it was actually the same person uh, at the beginning, and she, an industrial designer, basically looks at a product idea, does research, focus group surveys, and comes up with what it looks like and how it functions. And Christina um, is she 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 came up with that for for us. Um, if I knew about product design and industrial design, which um, they're interchangeable. I think that's what I would have wanted school for because it's the idea of building products, like having stuff come to life, really has really excited me. And I learned a lot. I've learned a lot about product design. And I'm still learning a lot. Uh, I just I, I, I love that I, the idea of that field. And that's what I really I do love um, art intertwined with tech because engineering and technology is very similar. You know, you create something from your ideas and your designs. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and especially, like, so the first company was a software company, and it was definitely this element um, of of excitement when when it worked for the first time. And I, was, I thought to myself, wow, this is an idea, and now it's working. But then, but with the war, like, to actually have a physical product, that I can touch and hold and feel that's tangible, I just feel like it's just it's just been a whole other high and um and and being part of that process and from the very beginning I, I, I just wanna I just wanna I wanna be an inventor. I just wanna build things. <laughs> I think you are. <laughs> I think you are. Um I have one final question. How can we get more young girls and kids interested in STEAM? So there's a Philadelphia organization called Tech Girls. Um, I don't know if you've interviewed Tracy Wilson Rossman. Uh, no. She would be fantastic to have on this podcast. And she started Tech Girls basically to to answer that question. How how do you get 
girls into into STEM. Um, she's more focused on STEM, um, but it's you know the same thing I would say. And that's what that's what the organization does. So what what she does is it started off by I think once a quarter, and now it's I want to say every other week. They hold completely free classes on fun topics on te- on technical things um, in a way that makes it fun, so that young girls want to take the classes and 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 learn about 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 you know different different um you know front end coding blogging uh it's 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 amazing and um and and they're now expanding to to other cities and and they've actually taken all the workshops that they've built and made them open source so that anyone in a school or after school program or a parent can take this curriculum and teach it themselves and I was involved at the, at the beginning, um, and and what I learned is that, we, that that girls don't get into into tech um, for a few reasons, and and the top ones that I kept hearing from from these girls was you know um, it's 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 for boys you know you you sit in a they thought it wasn't uh, interactive that you sit in this like in the basement and you're just in front of the computer all day that it wasn't interpersonal. So I think like removing those stereotypes um, would be a fantastic way, and that they do a great job of that. It is girls only. They do make it fun, and they they use uh, pop culture references all the time. Uh, and they have um, young, they have they have high school girls and college students volunteer, and I think that's also critical because it shows other uh, other women um, in those roles. So it gives them something to aspire to, something to live up to. It makes it it's something they can relate to. So, so those those two are the the top ones that I hear all the time. Um, in terms of why 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 they they weren't interested in it um, when they first came to Tech Girls, and um, and and I love that. You know, I, I feel like I'm making a huge plug for for Tech Girls. It wasn't my intention, but um, that's where my involvement has been, and uh, and it's what I've and experience, and uh, it's, it's a great organization. Everybody should support it. <laughs> um, so if teachers, students, general public wanted to check out Tech Girls, do you know their website off the top of your head? Yeah, it's um, so it's techgirlswithaz.org, O-R-G. Great. And if our listeners wanted to find out more about your work and War for Good, where could they go? Oh, yeah, uh, roarforgood.com, uh, R-O-A-R for good. Um, like, roar, every time I say it, people think I'm saying war. So I'm trying to work on my, um, <laughs> on my uh, pronunciation, but uh, um, it's, it's the name is after I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar, so female empowerment type of, um, uh, um, but yeah, that's the website, roarforgood.com. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. I really enjoyed it. Me too. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're listening to this podcast on the SDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com.